Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. I'm Chris Hatfield, aka Not Another Sales Guy. I'm a sales and mindfulness coach who works with managers, C-level executives, and business owners who want to become more mindful and self-aware of how they operate, whether that be through selling, managing, or running their own business. I believe for us to truly connect with those around us, whether they be our customers, colleagues, even friends or family, we need to truly understand ourselves first of all, understand what makes us tick, what makes us feel fulfilled in our life, and what do we really want. And this is one of the reasons why I started Not Another Sales Podcast, because too much is placed on the practicality and skill of doing something. Whilst that's important, I believe we should start with our mindset and behaviours. Start at the root, understand that, and grow it from there. This episode of Not Another Sales Podcast is brought to you by Mindful Talent, a global coaching organisation that trains aspiring coaches and innovative leaders. Their programs, The Trusted Coach and The Trusted Leader, are founded on the principles of mindfulness and developed in alignment with contemporary neuroscience, offering a globally recognised coaching qualification that is accredited by the Association for Coaching. Their online blended learning program has qualified hundreds of participants around the world, helping them to gain an edge in life and in business by increasing their emotional and social intelligence and their ability to connect with others. If you're interested in training with this incredible organization, which I would highly recommend, then you can visit their website and use my personalized URL code to gain 10% off any of their programs. www.mindfultalent.coach That's www.mindfultalent.coach and reference my code, not another sales. And now, on with the episode. In today's episode, I'm joined by anxiety specialist and speaker Katie Maycock. And Katie and I are going to be talking all about stress. Katie's going to start by defining what we mean by stress, the impacts it can have on our body, what the impact of our mindset towards stress can have, both from a positive and negative point of view, the impacts of burnout and how it can lead to that, how we can begin to reframe stress as more of a positive and utilize it, and also how we can become better at managing stress within our work and our life overall. Katie's also going to be sharing her story of the impact stress had on her and why it needed to make her make a change in her life. So sit back, grab a pen and pads and enjoy. Katie, welcome. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, really well. Thanks. Thanks for joining me on an episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. Not a problem. Katie, before we get into today's topic, it'd be great for the listeners if you could give them a bit of an overview and insight into, into you. Yeah, not a problem. So I am obviously Katie and I'm an anxiety and digestive health specialist for corporate professionals. So I work with a lot of people that are in the corporate world, whether they're high achievers, whether they're type A corporate professionals, and I help them manage their stress and anxiety, whether they see stress and anxiety as a positive or a negative. But realistically, what I do is mitigating the effects of stress and anxiety on the body to make sure these people are performing at their peak at all times. So that's what I do. Great. And you mentioned there around seeing stress as a, as a good thing for some people <laughs> and obviously yeah. for others. And it brings us nicely onto what we're going to talk about today in this area of stress. And I think it's a word that's banded around a lot. People use it quite yeah. to a point where others actually understand it a lot more. So it would be great to, to understand, first of all, 
what stress means to you. Yeah, for sure. So stress is interesting because you can look at it in so many different ways. When you say stress to somebody that is a high achiever or somebody that is very goal orientated, they will see stress as a very big positive. They'll go, yeah, but stress is really good. It increases my likelihood of success. It drives me forward. I use it as a fuel. It's really good. So they actually strive from it. But then on the other side, you'll have people that are stressed and they really aren't coping. So they're worrying. They're getting a bit more anxious about certain things. They're feeling overwhelmed. So it really depends on the person. But for me, I look at both sides because I speak to people on both sides of the spectrum. I speak to people that see stress as such a good thing. But realistically, stress is a physical response to a stressor. So whether that's a good stressor or a perceived good stressor or a perceived bad stressor. So it is just a physical response to one of those situations realistically. So for me, it's a physical response. And what kind of impact can it have on our body depending on how we perceive it? Well, to be fair, um, both ways, I mean, if you're seeing it as a good, good thing and a bad thing, over time it will take a massive toll on the body. But Initially, what happens is we have a burst of adrenaline and a burst of cortisol, and initially it can feel really good. We can actually become a lot more alert. We can actually concentrate. Our memory can actually increase. Interesting story. I actually recently read a study about that, so that's actually really cool. Um, And obviously on the, the negative side, similar things happen because if you're seeing it as a negative, you're still becoming more alert and you're more aware of what's going on around you. But over time, if we work from this space of we're consistently in a state of stress or prolonged stress, it takes a huge toll on every aspect of our body. It can take a huge toll on our digestion. So what a lot of people don't realize is that when you feel stressed, the blood flow to your digestive tract dramatically decreases. So you're unable to digest food. So this is why IBS is increasing. This is why allergies and intolerances and a lot of other issues with the digestive tract are increasing, Um, as well as a huge impact on immunity and it increases your inflammation as well. So you know, I'm seeing more and more people at a very young age having a lot of issues with inflammation throughout their body that just doesn't make sense for their age at all. So yeah, huge toll on the body. Yeah, and I remember when we first spoke, and obviously you spoke at one of my events. You talked about, you know, one of the things that can happen when we stay in, when we go into a stressful state and stay in it, we can it can lead to burnout. Yeah, and again, it's something that I think people maybe don't miss to truly understand. What are mm-hmm. what is burnout, and, and what are the, some of the signs that that this can occur from when you're stressed? Yeah, for sure. So burnout is a complete exhaustion of mental, mental, physical and emotional health. So it doesn't just impact us in one way. So if you are burnt out emotionally, you're really struggling, physically, you're really struggling and mentally, you're really struggling as well. Mm-hmm. Um, burnout's really interesting because it's becoming a very big topic, especially within co- the corporate world. So there are different signs and symptoms that can, where it starts and where it ends is very different. So Burnout can actually start off as feeling very excited. You can be really excited for a task and that excitement can go on for a really long period of time and you end up working really long hours and it can feel really good. But what happens over a period of time, it starts to diminish. You start getting more tired. You start getting more fatigued. You start getting sick. You start getting anxious. That's another part of um, stress. You can actually turn it into um, anxiety, especially within burnout. And you can end up becoming very you know, withdrawn from social settings. You can become very withdrawn from work. You can become cynical. So these are all different types of signs, but physically it can be tiredness. It can be increased in um, digestive issues, 
health issues, so frequent colds, flus, those types of things. And for some people, cold sores is a big one for them as well. That's a pretty big sign that someone is, you know, working their way towards burnout as well. But realistically, you know, mental fog as well. If you're starting to get very mental, like having a lot of mental fog, and pretty big sign you're you're getting into burnout. Mm. And and you shared an interesting story when you talked about that. The at the event. <laughs> Would yes. be great to, to, to share that again, really, for the, for the listeners, if that's okay. Uh, the story of my, my story? Yeah. Yeah. So um, some, the reason why I do what I do is because I actually suffered from burnout in my late 20s, and it was horrific. It was one of the worst experiences of my life, but I didn't realize what it was. I was, you know, in my mid-20s, I was working in corporate sales. It was awesome. I loved it. But I ended up in, after about a year or a year and a half of working in um, my first corporate job in recruitment, I ended up um, with burnout and didn't realize. I woke up one day and I literally couldn't get out of bed. I ended up with my knees, my hands, every joint in my body was inflamed. My left hand blew up like three times the size mm. of what it was and I couldn't even make a fist. And then my, my, you know, I had stomach issues as well. So it actually started after I was really excited for work and I worked really hard for nine to 12 months, re- like straight, like really hard. You know, I was burning the candle at both ends kind of, kind of situation, went on holidays and the first four days I slept for 12, 14 hours each night, which is, was so unlike me. And then, yeah, after that, my health issues just dramatically decreased. And like I said, I had the issues with my joints. I had stomach issues. And um, the day that I realized that maybe there's something very, very wrong, besides the fact that I could barely walk up and down stairs and I couldn't digest food, was when I woke up and I had a cold sore about three, you know, about a quarter of, it was covered a quarter of this. Uh, I can talk today. It covered a a quarter of my face. It was horrific. It was a really awful experience. So it really does do a lot of damage to the body. And that was my, that was my experience. And I didn't know that that stress could do that to the body. And so now I've spent, you know, the last five years really educating myself and understanding what it does. Mm. And what would you say are some of the pivotal moments during those years that have helped you understand it and now coach other people on it? Um. The first thing that I there's a couple of the a couple of pivotal moments was realizing that I wasn't invincible. You know, I was 26 years old when I woke up and I couldn't make a fist with my hand. You know, it was three times the size. I couldn't walk up and down stairs properly for three years, and my digestive tract really got so bad to the point where I had spent about thirty thousand Australian dollars trying to figure out what was wrong with me. So they were some of the pivotal moments. But going to the doctors now, this was a big part. I would go to the doctors and say, "Hey, what's going on with my digestion? What's got like you know why am I like why am I having so many stomach issues? Like why am I getting cold sores every second week?" And they would really casually say, "Oh, you're just stressed and anxious." But because I didn't take it seriously and because I didn't really see stress and anxiety as a big thing and I didn't think that I was stressed and anxious, I really didn't, I really ignored it for about three years. I lived in denial for three years thinking that I had picked up some crazy tropical bug or I thought I had, there was something really wrong with my stomach, but realistically it really wasn't. It really was stress and anxiety. And the day that I woke up with that coleslaw that was, you know, a quarter across my face, like all up my jawline, like it was in my ears as well, which is crazy. Um, that was a moment where I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to start really looking at the impact of stress and anxiety on the body. 
And once I finally realized that, I was like, it changed everything. It was like, seriously, I started putting in tools and techniques to help me overcome stress and anxiety in a practical way. And Mm -hmm. once I did that, I can say now that my health issues have dramatically changed. I haven't had a cold sore for about three years or four years. And I'm able, I'm eating all the food that I was told I was allergic to because I got told I had all these allergies. It was easy for me to tell you what I wasn't allergic to. Um, But yeah, so they were the moments where I was like, okay, cool. Like I can see the different stages of stress and anxiety in other people now because I'm like, I get it. I was you. I was there. I did that. So Yeah. Mm. And how much do you think our, our mindsets and perceptions have to play when we look at things such as stress and how it then impacts us? I think mindset's a really big part. Um, I think, I mean, there's definitely definitely different ways to look at it. Like I mentioned, some people, you know, you can put two people in the same situation with the same deadline, the same target. Let's say we're talking a sales industry. We can look at that and two people will take that very differently. One person might get really excited by the challenge and the other person might get very scared and very worried if they don't hit it and they might go into the what-if stage. So mindset plays a huge part into it and you can definitely reframe negative stress into a positive. But the biggest thing about mindset is knowing when you need to cut it off on both sides. So if you're in good stress, there you still need to be able to be aware and have the mindset to know this is I can't work from this space forever. And being aware of that is super important, as well as somebody that is, you know, really worried and concerned about things that they might necessarily they might not necessarily feel in control of, but being able to find that control in that moment can be really beneficial. So that again is a mindset thing and my favorite quote, quote is perception is reality. So whatever you perceive as a situation becomes your reality. So mm. mindset's huge. So how, how would you advise people to start being able to reframe stress in a more of a positive light and utilizing it? I think it's looking at how stress physically feels. And you've got to remember that excitement and stress can feel the same. You can, you, it feels the same way. So when you're excited, you are producing adrenaline, you're producing cortisol and everything's sort of happening on that that side. And again, it depends on the situation. Like let's say you're at work and it, 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 you could use stress as a good thing because there's obviously distress, which is, uh-huh. you know, bad things are happening that you you might need still need to go through them emotionally. But looking at it in a more, in a different light. So shaping it into in th- thinking of going what if I don't do this it's like but what if I do I'm really changing your I can't to how can I's and really just shifting the focus from shutting the door so a lot of those statements like oh what if I fail or I don't think I can do that or I can't possibly do that you're shutting the door to even an, an opportunity of a solution coming in so looking at it in a different way and taking more of a calm approach going you know knowing that it's going to be okay and I think reframing it that way and knowing that you're, you know, realistically, you know, if you don't hit your target, you're not going to die. And it's okay if you just push towards it and try your best as well. I think it's that kind of mentality. And most people when they work from that space actually do a lot better. Mm. So I think it's just changing the words that we say to ourselves and changing the way we look at challenges as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think particularly there you said about changing words is also winning when it starts to come into the body is noticing it, but not trying to fight it, realizing it's there to serve you, realizing it's there to yeah. serve you in some format. And it's not, it's beyond, it's, it's being okay with it. It's, you know, what we're not talking about here is you could get to a point where you're never going to get stressed again. And it's the same with any emotion. <laughs> it's when it comes in, it's like, okay, it's here, but it's here to serve me. It's not, not sabotage me. And it's quite interesting. I was listening to a talk the other day and they were talking about um, when cortisol comes into our body, Harvard Business School found mm-hmm. that, 
we have this 90 second emotional reset window where the cortisol will come in once we've yeah. sort of bringing us to calm down the 90 seconds after that will then be at a point where our bodies technically can return to a state of calm and it's then up to our minds whether yeah. we live in that and let it become our day and tell everyone else how stressful we are and how stressed out we are and telling ourselves or we can actually move past it because our bodies are ready to it's just our mind needs to catch up absolutely um we've really got to look at stress in what's the what's the optimal amount of time to be in stress and there's you know it's really hard to say what that is because a lot of there's a lot of studies coming into that but like you said there is a moment where our body has to adjust to the cortisol and then it has to unadjust to the cortisol as well and the way that we view things and it's going to either feed our stress or it's going to not feed our stress and we're going to get back into rest and digest we're going to get back into that calm we're going to get back into that control moment so understanding how to get back there is really important because this is a physical response and understanding the physical response is the first step for you to be able to take a bit more control. It's like, Oh, okay, this is Mm. what's happening. And and other than reframing it into a more of a positive sense, how else do you advise people to become more aware of how they manage their stress when it's coming up? Yeah. So for a lot of people, it's understanding their triggers. So a lot of people don't even know, what triggers there in stress. It's like, well, I wasn't stressed and now I am stressed. So understanding your triggers and everyone's triggers are really different. So it could be social settings. It could be having deadlines. It could be having meetings or whatever. But the first thing to really know about stress is when does stress hit you the most and what does it feel like? And so understanding what stress feels like for you and actually understanding the physical response. So what I get what I get a lot of people to do is really start thinking about what's physically happening to them. So for instance, when you feel stress, you might find that you get sweaty hands, your heart might increase and you might get a little bit like tightness in your chest. But for somebody else, they might get a lump in their throat and their stomach kind of drops. It's understanding those moments. And that's the moment where you can be like, oh, okay, cool. I'm starting to get stressed. And that's the moment when you can start putting in tools and techniques to either reframe the stress or reframe the feeling or even looking at, okay, cool. I don't really need this. This isn't, this isn't actually going to help me in this moment and, and choosing a different way to, to go about it. So it's usually understanding your stress and how it feels to you and what triggers you as well. So, you know, it's that you've got to be really self-aware and that's something that I teach a lot about is being very self-aware and what's happening to you Mm. and physically and and how you physically feel. And on the topic of self-awareness, what do you feel like you've learned most about yourself throughout all of this or even throughout your life so far, really? Um, My limits, Um, I, everyone has limits and everyone's limits are very different. And what I've learned is I've learned my limits. I know, I know I can literally look at a week coming up and going, okay, cool. I know that by this day, I'm going to need to take a break. And I know that I'm going to have to take that break. And whether that means I switch off all electronics or I don't go to the gym or I just go outside, that's, I know, I know that point. And every, and I think that being able to find that is so important for everyone because we have this, we're in a society where we push past all our limits and we're, we're always like push past your limits, push past your limits. But I'm talking like physical limits. I'm talking like mental, emotional and physical mm-hmm. limits. There is a limit and you need to listen to that. So that's definitely something I've learned, um, not about myself, but also with other people and understanding that people push past their physical and emotional and mental limits on the de- on a daily basis it's okay to do it occasionally but it shouldn't be every single day to make make and that that's making you sick if that makes sense yeah 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and you mentioned they're going for walks. And that's a form of de-stressing almost or getting to a point where you don't get stressed. But what else do you do or advise other people to do who, who want to be able to like, you know, once if you are in a stressful state to get yourself out of it or to do this regularly to stop yourself getting into a stressful state? I am, I'll tell you a couple of things. So a couple of things that are free that you can start doing every single day and it's, it's really not that big of a deal is actually scheduling in like downtime off your phone, off your laptop, off any type of stimulation because I find that we are so addicted to our phones and people, honestly, some of my clients really just get an emotion, like a a stressful response just from their phone vibrating or getting a message or getting a phone call. So switching it off, scheduling in times in the day, and I'd say daily because it becomes a habit if you do it daily, where you only allow your phone on between a certain period of time, whether that is between 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. your work hours. So that's when you're getting your emails or whatever. Um, turning off apps and things like that. I, I really am a, str- a really big believer of downtime. Um, also, I like no screen days. So where you really just turn everything off and no social media, no nothing. Um, obviously going for walks. Um, I'm a big believer in um doing body scanning so really getting to getting to know your body a little bit better so understanding what you can be doing to um how your body's feeling because that's a way to meditate and that makes it practical for a lot of people who don't understand meditation but something that I used to do all the time and I absolutely love it is um float tanks so it's sensory deprivation tanks have you ever done one I haven't actually okay Seriously, you have to do one. They're amazing. Um, you literally go into a tank where it's dark. It's the water is um, the same temperature as your skin, so it doesn't really feel like you're in water. It just sort of feels like you're floating. Like it's called, it's called float tanks, um, and you're in salt water, and it's just one of the most relaxing and amazing experiences because you can't take your phone in with you. There's no sound. There's no light. There's nothing. There's absolutely nothing except for just you laying in the tank. And the first few times it's really uncomfortable, but after about the third or fourth time, it's just one of the most relaxing things you can yeah. do. And it's a great way to just press reset. That's what I really like nice. to do. Nice. I think there you mentioned around walks as well and, and things like that. It's nice to, I'd encourage people, I'm doing this more often, to go on a walk for the sake of it because so often in our life we often do things because it, we need an end result out of it we we get in the car to go somewhere go yeah. for a walk but just go for a walk or or go to do one of you know a float tank just because you you can and go for a walk not because you yeah. want to go anywhere but just with no purpose because then it just again it just helps you switch off your mind can rest rather than thinking oh well i'll go for a walk instead of getting the bus to see my friend it's like no because you're still trying to get somewhere and you're only probably going to get stressed yeah. or something. Absolutely. Like going for a stroll with no time expectation, no time limit is just so freeing. And even if you just go for a quick stroll or you just go go down to the local park and just sit there and just chill out and just people watch and just really tune yeah. out from everything that's going on in your head, that is absolutely amazing because you can – and leave your phone at home. Like that's the biggest thing. People take their phone with them. Don't leave it at home. Just like – just disconnect from that. Um, so, yeah, I, I really like the idea of going for a walk or a yoga class, even if people are into yoga. Um, yeah, it's it's just nice to break break it up. And, yeah, going for a walk for the sake of going for a walk rather than going 
oh, I have to go to my friend's house. I'll just walk. And it's like, no, you're going to be power walking and be rushing and be frustrated if someone's like slow walking in front of you. Just don't do that. Yeah. And is there there anything else other than what you talked about today related to stress or not that you would want to give, want to share for people listening that you feel might benefit them? I think it would be really good for the people that look at stress as a positive. Um, I really would recommend those people to have a really look at what's happening to them physically. And a lot of those people will say things like no rest day, no, like you've got to grind, you've got to hustle every minute of every second of every day. I would really encourage people to take a step back. And I'm not saying don't hustle. I'm not saying don't grind. I'm saying let's put some limits on it and look at what you're doing to calm and to get back into rest because rest is where everything sort of takes place. Even in your brain, it helps you collaborate your thoughts. It helps you, your body just to um, get back into a state of rest and digest. Increasing digestion is obviously really important. So I would encourage the people that view stress as a driving force to limit it and actually have a better understanding about what it's physically doing to you because everyone knows bad stress. Everyone knows the worrying. Everyone knows the anxiety stuff. But the people that live in the world where it's like stress is good, it's a part of who I am, if you ever say those words, um, have a really become really self-aware of how you've been feeling. It's like, okay, cool. Well, how do I sleep? Am I sleeping solid throughout the night? Am I am I functioning at the highest possible, you know, way that I could be performing at? Mm. Um you know, and, and thinking about it that way, because that's the part where it is a very big gap where people sort of go, when they say here's stress and anxiety, they think negative. They don't think, but it's a positive. It's really good. It's like, yeah, but you're still damaging your body just because your talent, your brain's going, it's good. Doesn't mean your body isn't suffering. Um, and that was what happened to me when I burned out. I thought my stress was amazing um, until it wasn't. So, you don't want to burn out because that is rebuilding. You want to be able to prevent that. So I would really recommend the people that sort of live in that positive stress to just really take a step back and have a really look at what's happening on in their body. It's like, you know, you know, how is how are you feeling? Like asking yourself those types of questions and looking at it in a more like objective way rather than I'm great. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that would be my biggest thing because – yeah, there's, there's a lot of people out there that misunderstand stress mm. and the, the physiology behind it. Yeah. Well, hopefully you've gone some way to being able to address some of that today. I hope so. Well, Katie, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much for your, your time and your insights as well. No, thank you. I really Good. enjoyed it. And for people tuning in who want to follow you here on in and want, mm-hmm. um, see your videos in the park and hear about what's working for you in your world, how can they find you? Um, so I definitely have a website where I put up a lot of information every week, whether it's a blog, whether it's a video. So that's www.katymaycock.com. And you can find me through that way or you can find me on LinkedIn. I ha- post a lot of information up on LinkedIn as well, as well as on all the socials. So Instagram and Facebook, you can come and join my group on there as well, which is just my name. Perfect. Great. Well, thank you again, Katie. Not a problem. And for listeners, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. Hey people, thanks for listening to another episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. If you want to stay up to date with the latest episodes and posts, you can find me on Instagram, notanothersalesguy, underscore in each of those words. You can also find the podcast on all major platforms by typing Not Another Sales Podcast. And also, if you want to connect with me on LinkedIn, I go by the name of Chris Hatfield. So thanks again and stay tuned for another episode.